0: You're a big, fat asshole, a giant piece of shit. If you don't get your way, you throw a massive fit. You're manipulative, a stupid-ass liar. You betrayed me and I'm done. I'm so tired. If your dream is to be me and you, Accomplished your goals oh. Fuck you in all your nine holes. Thank you for joining us on the Perfect Ten Podcast. I'm Lana Turner. That was fuck you in all your nine holes.
1: Every one.
0: Every single one. Don't miss a hole. Well, for the ladies, it's a little different. We have um, ten holes. Oh. Yeah. Think about it for a second. Two eyes, two nose, one mouth, two ears. That's seven. And then your pee-pee, and then two others, one of which you like to put stuff in. Oh. Right? Yeah. That's ten. That's but a lot of fellas, holes. fellas, you only have two, Aaron. You have your pee pee and your poo poo. That's it. And seven upstairs. Okay. <laughs> You're counting them, aren't you, sir? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that's what it meant. There's some people though that you want to put another hole in them. I, I thought it was. Uh, they, I thought it
1: was a fat reference. I yeah. thought it was like all oh. the different folds and holes and yeah. I thought.
0: Oh, it was Oh no, that's because it
1: does start with uh, you know a fat lyric, so I, I thought it was oh. a fat reference. No, it's just I was trying referencing to figure out where all my holes were.
0: The fat asshole, you want to fucking want in all nine holes. You want to. Yeah. Fuck him in the mouth for the lies he did say. Fuck him in the nose for leading you your way. And fuck you in the ears why I listen to you. Fuck you in the eyes why I think you're true. Fuck you in the asshole for making me cry. And now I hope you crawl in a hole and just go fucking die. Oh, Isn't so, that good? I, so cathartic. Sheena Metal is with hi. me today. Aaron's on the board. Charlie Mike is here hey, too. My dog. And uh, Sheena and I go way, way back. Sheena is an amazing radio personality. Thank you. A very funny comedian, and also a fellow songstress who's written very many sure. funny comedy yes. songs in her day.
1: Nothing like Fuck You and All Your Nine Holes, but I, well. I, I have written songs like I Swallow.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, well, that's yeah. a good song. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're right up there with each you other. You wrote it first, otherwise, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people started doing it because I wrote about it.
0: Swallowed? Well, you know, it, it's like, I, I, I don't mind swallowing, I just didn't like you. Oh.
1: Oh, I like that. Is that yeah. is
0: that a song of yours? No, but I think I'll have to write I it. think You'll have to write that. Like I I didn't I thought I hated sucking cock, but it turns out it was just
1: yours. Oh, I like that too. So <laughs> now you have two new songs. I don't we think, think anybody... just come up with a whole bunch of song titles just you and I just I could be wrong. I mean, there may be some like, you know, like I don't know, somebody out there that really enjoys swallowing, but I sort of feel like it's not something that you really like, get up in the morning and think, I hope I swallow somebody's load today. I'm sure there are people who but, feel but that way. But you do it because it's, it's love and it's respect. And it, and it, it feels good to not be spitting Wait, something out. Wait, back up. Respect? Yeah, it's nice. When you, when you love somebody, when you think somebody's awesome and you, like, respect them as a person. I don't know. There, to me, there's something kind of disrespectful about, like, ah, and then, Just to spit it out is gross. It's, just, it's a weird way to end the act. If the act is beautiful... Then why are you like hawking up at the end? I just think it's nasty. So do I do I sit and think, God, you know what I really need today is a, a cheeseburger and someone's load? No, I <laughs> no, I don't feel like that. But I do think that there are things that you do when you dig somebody. And that's one of those things oh, that you Oh yeah. Do. Yeah. I mean like yeah. And like going down on people, it's the same kind of thing. Like Well, you once know. you're
0: already down there,
1: is it really that I just think the whole act of spitting it out is gross and like where do you spit? Like do you right. bring like a little Dixie cup with you? Do you like, <laughs> Hey honey, do you want a blowjob? Hang on, I'm going to go get a cup. I don't I do you mean, like in your hands or just like on the sheet or like what I don't know. I don't know. I've supposed never done to be it. be
0: good for you. Have you ever heard this? I think that's articles they'll that put out strictly by men. Yeah, exactly.
1: But like, Corny guys wrote that. But
0: the, but I there's something to it like maybe it um because it's got
1: protein in it?
0: It's well it's pure protein, low calorie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have all these reasons why why it's great for your skin. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh it's like swallowing the, the potential of thousands of people that aren't going to get born. Oh my god, you just it's so powerful. 8 thousands of little people. Ser- I, Gross. I, seriously, I feel like it's stopping uh, population overload. <laughs> And I'm all about zero population growth. So I think it's... A, so you that's know,
0: why you swallow.
1: You do that's it exactly for why. Much I like, do it much like I in think... China,
0: they would only require yes. one child. Or I,
1: I think I am stopping virtually millions of Americans from being born every time I swallow a load.
0: Well, then in that case, she, uh, Sheena, you should wake up in the morning and go, I need to swallow some cum I know, today. I need, I need to find some. <laughs> I need to stop
1: the population, man. Stop the power. <laughs>
0: stop the power. I
1: absolutely need
0: to do that. Yeah. That's How did we even get onto that? Uh, song lyrics. Nine holes. Oh, the cum. Oh, yeah. All started with nine holes. Yeah. Yes. Which, you know, it's so cathartic for me because that it's so angry, but it's also so funny at the same time. And that's what's so important. That's what comedy should be. Yeah.
1: Right. It helps everybody. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of safe comedy. No. Well, you aren't. You aren't a safe comic. No, I'm not a safe comic at all. I, and and, I, and even when I I, I swear I'm going to be and I can be if I have to be. Well, if you've that's been on the can, radio for years. You've been able right. to be funny on the radio. And... I'm really good about it. But but there's something about a comedy club when I know I have free reign and somebody puts a microphone in my hand, it just gets nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like this, right? You, the, you just started, and as soon as I knew that you could say fuck, then I'm just off like a. <laughs> sh- I'm so repressed from being on the radio and not saying it every day that I'm like. That's
0: true. Well, your shows though. You are pretty like, you're pretty much able to do whatever. You I mean, you yes. played my entire album on your show.
1: Yeah, I, I don't... Where I am now at LA Talk Radio, I don't have restrictions like that. But I think partially it's from growing up in, in terrestrial radio and having those restrictions. And partially it's also from the fact that, you know, in some places my show, uh, you know, they, they rerun my show every day at 9 o'clock in the morning. And I just try to be respectful that there are people there that maybe don't want to hear an overload of it. And also I think if you, if you say it too much... You almost don't give it any power. I think that really, really awesome uh-huh. words like fuck and shit. And, oh, can I given, say anything I, here? I, yeah, there's no power kind. here at all. I really, really, given really, really think <laughs> that, that those words should be, should be placed for effect where they're awesome.
0: Well, they, they, it's a sharper blade when you hold out on it, I guess. Yeah, otherwise people just tune it out. But I love those words and I use I them so readily. It's just part of my vernacular at this oh, yeah, point. Yeah, I do too. So I don't have any, any sharp blades left in my arsenal. No,
1: and if you know me in real life, you know that I swear like a sailor. And I, right, just, you have to have somebody's got to have a vice, and that's mine. I don't have many vices, but that's
0: the, the, the cursing vice. Yeah, it's hard for me that, sometimes. Not and caring,
1: to. caring is my vice. I care too much.
0: Oh yeah, about you're, people,
1: about the world, about my friends. I just, I just care too much. Well, you're, you're a giver. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I've known you for so long. Yeah, uh, Sheena is one of the first people that I met and became friends with when I first moved to LA. Yeah, we've known each other since um, um 2001. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And immediately we started
1: doing shows together and music shows. Yeah. Inside the girls' locker room at yes. the Laugh Factory.
0: Yeah. Way back when. Yeah. Which you is... were one
1: of my original girls. Yeah. And Jill Michelle Relian, who's a good friend of ours now.
0: Jill just announced that she's going to be recording her one-hour special. Good for her. Yeah. We uh, we had a long conversation about it. And, and I just saw, I, t- I texted with her yesterday about it. And you and Jill are both in the Inside Out video that we shot. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is so good. From it's sadness. Yeah. You've... You did a great job as that. And so, like, guys, um, after you listen to the podcast, you can go online. And you can watch this video. It's really, really great production value of us all playing different characters from the movie Inside Out. Kind of, It's a parody. It's wonderful. It's
1: really, but, really wonderful.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, you used to have those great shows all the time. And now you still do a really great show. When, you do it once a month at the Improv, right? Like I you do. do a,
1: no, I do. I host for them sometimes. I do Comedy Carnival. I host that and then i four times a year i broadcast my daily show at LA Talk Radio which is called the Sheena Metal Experience uh, with celebrity guests fr- from the club and they're really wonderful to let me do it and it was Jill that turned me on to Jamie uh at, oh, at the, the, the said, at yeah. the improv he kept saying you've got to do i've got i'm going to i'm going to text Jamie i'm going to email him you've got to do this she, she really pushed me and, and i gave in and, and went all right all right all right i'll do it cuz i was so busy and it's been just really the best thing and, and the Hollywood Improv has become like a second family to me yeah. And um, I love being there. So when it was my 20th radio anniversary in the summer of 2014 and I, I called Jamie up and I said, I have this idea. What do you think? Because one of the guys that worked there one night said, Kevin Smith does a podcast here and you're a radio person. You should do a radio show from here. So I called Jamie up and said... You're going to think I'm crazy, but what do you think? I could call some of my friends. A lot of my friends are former child actors, like Susan Olson oh, yeah, and no. Alison Arngram. And I said, I could get some friends down. And he was so great. He said, Look, we've never done this before. So we don't even know what to think, but we trust you. So let's try it once and see how and you it goes. pack it in. And it's now I've great. done like 10 of them.
0: Yeah. That's really great. Well, I mean, I've known you for so long. And like, you're always such an open book. And you talk about things that Thank other you. people won't talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely. You share stuff. Like, I mean, and one of the most. Interesting things that you and I have never really even talked about. You always just like kind of skirt over it. And then I was like, I well, do? maybe we'll talk about that today. Yeah, you do. Okay. I don't
1: think I skirt over anything, but maybe I do. Yeah,
0: I mean, we've never talked in depth. And then I was even saying, is this something we could talk about for sure. a good long time? And then you're yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I'm sure I've met other people who have hermaphroditic features. Sure. But I've never.
1: No, I or mean, people never, that don't know they do.
0: They don't, maybe they, yeah, maybe they don't yeah. know because you're, in your case, it's more internal, right? Yeah. 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 Like, what does that mean?
1: Well, so, I'm part of the intersex community, which means that somewhere between being what they call a cis female and a cis male, um, what is it? Was back? That's a when cis... you're born, hundred percent the gender.
0: A cis sounds like something from Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. Like, it's... well, then I must not be from Star Wars because I'm <laughs> no, not that. I'm, I'm an Ewok. All right. So, uh, so, so, okay. So, okay. So, when like we're, the gender lines where when they're very when clear, when you're conceived and you're in the first trimester in utero, and your mom's, you know about this stuff. Um, everyone is female. And then some become men, half become men. Um, Intersex people are kind of stuck somewhere from point A to point B. And it used to be, you know, in in olden times and up until maybe a few decades ago, unless you had either complete female genitals and complete male genitals, like you'd have like a vagina and a penis, um, or something that was an obvious combination of the two, or nothing. So you kind of were like Barbie and Ken. Nobody thought that Nothing, you were. Nothing, just to have. You have like really kind of neither, uh, neither you, a little bit of something, but not really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, then you were considered a hermaphrodite, and and as they got rid of that term, is that not a correct term to use? It's called in, more intersex. I don't mind it. I have no problem with it. But the the, community the terms
0: like oh my gosh,
1: out. the terms are always changing, always
0: changing, and then you can get yourself really easily into right. trouble by saying the wrong word for it. Right, and yeah. it
1: started because in Greek mythology. It was believed that hermaphrodites were the children of Hermes and Aphrodite, and that there was something. They were considered demigods. There was something magical about the fact that there were these people that were not stuck in one gender, which is so interesting because now, however many you know, thousands of years later, we're obsessed with anybody who's not perfectly one gender or the other.
0: Well, gender. I mean, I see it with my children. It's it, it's confusing and yeah, and
1: yeah. very fluid. Very for fluid. everybody. It's fluid.
0: I love that we live in L.A. because. Uh, well, I mean, so I could say this about my kids. Both of them, when they were born, were very gender specific to what they are. And okay. it was something that blew my mind because I believe, believed anyways, in sort of a nature versus nurture thing. Like, sure. I, I used to dress my little girl in, in little black boy onesies because I didn't want to just put her in pink all the time. Oh, okay. And so she's wore this like sc- the skull and crossbone rocker. Li- chick stuff, like little baby, and people would still be able to to identify her as a female because sure. she was so girly, and as she got older, she identifies very much as a girl and girl stuff, and then my boy, the moment he was born, I kind of was expecting him to look like her, and the first thing I said, just blurted it out when I met him, went, that's a boy, because everything about him was just er masculine, and sure. he is all boy, I mean... Last night I I walked, he I he was like, like mess he constantly messes with his wiener and he's like constantly like he's just a little boy like he this yeah, well, is this, got
1: a wiener and it all, which by the way I don't in case anyone's oh no I right know I'd probably get more dates if I did I don't have a penis. <laughs> well you're you said, I do have a vagina though I'm it, not like Barbie or Ken
0: so it's internal is what you're saying but yeah yeah but anyway like they're so specific so. Um August even one time said to me, because I love that we live in L.A. because people are so open. He said, Mommy, I, I'm glad I have a mommy, but I would like to have two daddies. Of course, he doesn't have. Oh, I'd I, like to have he's two pretty much. Is it too late? He pretty. I know, right? I know.
1: I wouldn't rather, yeah. not mind having. Yeah. But anyways. So if there are a couple of old gay guys who like to adopt me, I'm yeah. so up for adoption.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind being adopted yeah. by two gay men either right now. Can you
1: imagine having two gay dads? That'd be pretty weird. Right
0: now? That would be Just awesome.
1: All, period. Yeah, Your, the trips to Disneyland alone would be worth the ride.
0: Well, in my son's mind, he's just like, those are two dudes that would throw a ball with me because I don't even have one right now. And our neighbors are always, but I'm like, well, they're not, you know, it, it's just one of those things. I yeah. was just like, OK, they're so gender specific, but that they're in L.A. So they don't really have, they have, there's some yeah. blurred lines to what they see in other parts of the country. You, you know? should go
1: out and throw a ball with him. I do. Okay, good.
0: Oh, I do all the time, but I'm terrible at it, Sheena. Yeah.
1: My mom did it because my dad was just like, well, I don't know what this child is, but I'm not too interested. Yes. So my mom would take me outside and no, no, tell me do. how to hit a tennis ball and throw, throw a baseball for me. And she was good at it too. I think she was better than him. Oh. I think he would have been, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the only one that can throw a ball with him as far as parent goes. So like I do do it, but it's not, um, I'm not good at, I'm like terrible at it. Yeah. But I try my best.
1: I'm not bad at it. I'm you very girly. This it? is a gender. Yes. I'll come over and throw a ball Yes,
0: come over. Yeah. It's, it's very gender specific in my case, too, because I'm not like I'm not good at that. Just I've never been yeah. good at that. I'm so, good at like I'm, I'm, in stuff. In that I'm way. not
1: sportsy. Like, I don't know about organized sports, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm good at this is going to be the probably the most geeky thing I've ever said. But my mom raised me as a bowler. Like, by the time I was, like, even before I would fit in the bowling shoes, I bowled in my socks. How? Oh, okay. So it, it, made, it made me good with, like, I hand stuff. Like, I can throw a ball. I can, I can, you know, I can get the trash in the trash basket by throwing it. But if you put me on a field and it's like, there's rules and there's aggressive people, then I'm like, I don't have any interest in any of this. So, um, so you know, I'll throw a ball for him, but he's got to like tackle somebody oh, else. Okay. Well, no,
0: he's good at it though. He's like natural,
1: and he can wag his wiener at me if he needs to. That's not <laughs> I'll hold it against him. He's all about <laughs> I've it. You've already man. just practically had sex with your dog. So.
0: Oh, sh- oh, Charlie. She's, yeah, she's so a, sweet.
1: She's very interested in me. She at the was time. in
0: love. She's in love with you.
1: <laughs> she, she really is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She may be my dog now. Yeah. I aw. have that effect on dogs. Sometimes it unnerves people that dogs constantly lick me. I like to think I well, taste they like ice people. cream.
0: No, they, the dogs have a good sense of who's good. It's not that I taste like ice cream.
1: Well, plus I used to be endorsed by a sex toy company, and I have a um, a, a called the line was called Girl Toys with a Z. Oh yeah. And I have a um, a collar that looks just like her pink collar. It was all pink pleather stuff, and my whole all the girls like in my dom, band, like a
0: dominatrix. I have type a thing? collar. I
1: have handcuffs. I have a whip. Did you use them? Uh, just on stage. No they, oh. they were in uh, my band. They endorsed my band. Have I used that stuff in my personal life? Yeah. Um, handcuffs? Never. I'm not really into like whipping. Like I, I've been spanked. That's kind of cool. I don't. I don't need to get You're all naughty. I am. Well, I've been very bad, Santa. <laughs> I, I'm not all about. I don't need to be all into like all the props and stuff. Right. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm. You know, I have a rock star vibrator, but I, I'm just <laughs> not. I don't think. I think sometimes people put bring a lot of stuff into the bedroom because they don't know what to do with themselves.
0: Maybe, you know, I mean, but when it comes to the bedroom, though, I've seen you with men and I've seen you with women. Which it's true. comes back. You've known to my boyfriends the,
1: and my girlfriends, yeah. haven't you? Yeah.
0: And it brings us back to the whole gender neutral thing. Sure. Right. I'm sure because you're in the middle somewhere. Right. A little bit. Although you're.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can. What, okay, so, what, what quali-
0: go back to what we were, you started to talk about. Okay, you're so, like, I don't have a penis down there. So I
1: don't. So I didn't. I never knew that I was different but I always felt like I was different and and how everybody's intersex manifests a different way. Now that I've become more of a spokesperson for the community and I know more intersex people, how it manifests with me is that I don't care about gender. I don't care about mine. I don't care about yours. So I don't see people as a gender. I don't see, oh, this is Lana and she's a girl and this is Aaron and he's a boy. So I treat them differently. To me, everybody just feels different because everybody feels different. So when I go to approach somebody that I'm going to date, be in love with, have sex with, It's, it's just the person. It doesn't matter to me what gender they are. Not everybody feels that way. So I was not as a child when I was born, they took a look at me and they went, Oh, vagina. And they put an F on me and sent me on my way. But I just always felt like I just felt different. And um, when I was 31, when I was 16, I had a surgery to basically build me a vaginal canal. So I had Um, I had a uterus and ovaries and fallopian tubes and I had a vagina, but nothing was connecting them and it caused a lot of problems. Uh, I've had nine surgeries now ending in my hysterectomy of my poor little pathetic reproductive system five years ago. And so I had a surgery to reconstruct one for me. And then they just sent me on my way. They said it was a birth defect and they fixed it. I never thought anything about it. And then when I was 31, I was working on the Howard Stern station and we had a guest on who was a hermaphrodite. And I um, sat and talked to this gentleman who's now a friend, Dr. Tiger DeVore. He is um, uh, himself intersex and also probably the most renowned psychologist for people who are gender different. And um, there was just something about him. He was this beautiful, kind of strong, worked out, gorgeous man. But he had this really beautiful feminine eyes and kind of these very feminine hands and this voice that kind of somewhere was in between. And he was the most intriguing person I'd ever met. And I got up in the middle of the show to go use the bathroom and I was sort of thinking like, God, this intersex thing is so fascinating and it would totally be me except that nobody ever assigned me as a child and I didn't have any surgeries and then the light bulb went off and I went, oh, except for when like I didn't have a vagina and they built me one. And, and that's when I started researching and, and that's when I knew. So um, I didn't think I would ever tell anybody except people that I was going to be intimate with. and. Then um, when I started L.A. Talk Radio a couple of years into my show there, I had Dr. DeVore back on my show and we were talking and I was still identifying as bisexual and kind of feeling like creepy for not saying the truth. And then he started talking about how now they say one in every 100 people has an intersex trait and there's really no spokespeople for the community and nobody will come out and talk about it and i thought well then i guess i need to and i it was your
0: risk. you were like it's my responsibility and i
1: did and i came right out on the air right then and told him the story that i just told you about when he did the show and i admitted what i was and i afterwards i was in it was in like a 711 getting milk and i called my mom and i said i think i just came out as intersex and she said oh that's a good thing right Oh, your mom was great. She was awesome. Even when I told her that night that I was in the bathroom at the Howard Stern station and I called her and said, I think at one o'clock in the morning I woke her up and said, I think I finally know what I am. And the first thing she said is, well, it sounds like a sign of evolution and I would just be proud of it. So I always have been. She was really, my mom was the bomb. That's really cool. Yeah. She knew how to handle everything. That's how you should be with your children. You just love them. Yeah. And you just, you can't you can't change who they are. So why fight who they are? They're going to be who they're going to be. Right. No, you know, totally. You can't, but she got that. And that's good because since I've now become a spokesperson for the community and I've heard so many like sad stories of like, my mom just said, why can't you be normal? Oh. And
0: so thankful well, Maybe that they, that they never feel happened. like they blame themselves for something because it's just not like this, what they can perceived their child was going to be. But it doesn't yeah, make any you sense. you know, you're
1: a mom. You can't just decide what your child's going to be. No, God, no. They're their own little people. Yeah. I mean, even when you have a, a, a furry child like Charlie Mike, oh. who's now worn herself out and has passed out on the <laughs> couch. furry child. Uh, you know, you can't say like, oh, this dog is going to be this kind of a dog, because guess what? She just comes how she is. Well, Charlie Mike, as of late, has taken to eating shoes. Oh, no.
0: I know. She is She didn't destroyed. eat my shoes. Three pairs of shoes. Uh-oh. Look at her face. Look, She's she knows. so in trouble. She knows, and now oh, she thinks now she's, she's in come trouble apologize. for. Well, she thinks she's in trouble for climbing on the couch just oh. now because she just climbed on the couch and I looked at her and then she climbed off because she knows she's not supposed to do that. Oh, so especially in like all things comedy. Was she supposed to put her head in my crotch because she did that? Well, I think that's probably your choice (laughs) that's your boundaries i didn't complain (laughs) she's a good girl you were funny about it too because you're like i can't get a good picture of this dog she's she doesn't pose
1: no No. she poses until you pull out the camera and then then she moves she goes crazy she's very punk rock
0: yeah yeah she's indie she
1: wants no picture taken of her she's fantastic (laughs)
0: she's i guess she's been spaded does that make her kind of intersex
1: uh, no, I think it just makes I, her a neuter. A neuter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you just, just took it away. I
0: just, yeah. I
1: wish some people would do that. Just oh, get spayed and neutered.
0: Right? Before they
1: reproduce. Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. don't
0: really really gauge that, do they? No. Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I look at it like this. I went through, you know, all my formative education, went through, you know, high school, the whole thing. Go to college, get a degree, don't use anything from it. Not one child development course, not one, Sure. A, n- nothing that actually would
1: really apply to life. Did you do that thing where you had to carry the egg? Around for like three no, days. No, I never had to do that. I never had to do that either. I saw the eggs on campus. I know other people did it, but no yeah. one ever gave me the. Eggs. I think you had to elect. That's some to kind take of the... intersex prejudice that I was right. At the
0: time? They were like, "You're not going to need that." Yeah. No, like it, I think it's you have to elect to take a child development class, which I never did, which I wish I had because it would probably have helped me a lot with the biggest job I've ever been given in my entire life, absolutely. which is raising children, absolutely. You know, because everything, I, I, everything's a, a new, interesting challenge. It's fun and it's hard, but you're like, wow, there's no. Nobody, I don't have an education. Your in
1: kids this. are great, though. You've They done are such great. a Good job with them.
0: Thank you. They're good kids. They're awesome. Yeah. As as Charlie Mike,
1: <laughs> my fur and Charlie baby. Charlie Mike is awesome. Your fur <laughs> child. That's amazing. She's so, completely awesome.
0: I'm I'm just fascinated by how open you are though about talking about this type of stuff. Because what
1: are you going to do? I remember I was after it, I, a couple of years after I decided to 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 tell the truth on the air. Um, I one of my best friends was cast in a movie called Bruno and Erlene Go to Vegas. And she asked me if I would meet with the director because the other lead character was supposed to be an intersex character. And I said, absolutely. And and he and I went to dinner and uh, we talked. And then he wound up not only thanking me and making me a consultant on the film, but he cast me in a little role so I could be in it, which was awesome. And um, we became buddies. And then the film wound up debuting um, on the West End in England and then here at OutFest. And when he went to try to get press for the film, everybody wanted to talk to somebody intersex. So he hooked them up with me. And Gay Star News in England did a big feature that the Huffington Post picked up. And then I was kind of really out because then people were contacting me. Even now, sometimes I get emails from people who found that article from like four summers ago, five summers ago, all over the world. Wow. And wanting to talk about um, that this was happening. So when the Gay Star News article was pending, again, I called my mom and I said this is really going to happen now and everybody's going to know. And, and she said, does it bother you? And I said, you know, if I was 25 and, and gorgeous and worried that they wouldn't cast me, you know, opposite Channing Tatum, if they found out that I wasn't a cis female, I would have maybe been concerned, but you know what? I'm in my forties and I'm, I'm, I've always been a character actress and I'm a comic and what do I care if somebody has to come out and be a spokesperson I think it should be me and that's for all the communities that you know I'm a, a part of a lot of really bizarre fringe communities
0: like what else well
1: I'm I have psychic gifts and I'm part of the the psychic community the spiritual community Let's lightly about that the paranormal too. community yeah. yeah my mother had those gifts when you and, say gifts like how so well I'm an intuitive and an empath I feel things in people and it's I think it's what makes me a good radio host. I mean, I always say it's kind of a cheat. I'm just, I'm just getting the messages that I'm feeling, and I've over the last couple of years become very open about that and started to, um, like last night I did a, a psychic party at the at the W on the roof of the W in Hollywood. What and does that mean, a psychic party? Well, it means somebody's having a Christmas party and part of it is psychics, and then people line up in a line and they come see you five minutes at a time and you tell them what's going on with them and make them feel better. Really, For me, psychically? Like, yeah. Like what? Well. You, t- you look at somebody. Uh, like, can all I you mean- kind of
0: see sort of what's going to happen for them as life goes on? Or- well, sorry, I interrupted you. You were about to explain. That's not,
1: that's not so much my gift. I have friends that are great at that. My gift is more um, I can tell you what's going on inside you, things about yourself, what you're worried about, and how things are going to work out.
0: Oh, I need that. You know, you probably know what's worrying me, but I need to know how things are going to work out. I need that crystal ball. I do it with my friends,
1: but I don't do it like, you know, I just, when I, and somebody said to me once, last week I sent my friend something and she said, is that psychic advice or is that friend advice? Well, for me, there's really no difference. Right. I mean, you know, I've been, it's like if you're a psychologist and you give your friend advice, is it psychologist advice or is it friend advice? I mean, technically I've been psychically shrinking my friends for years, (laughs) but I'm part of that community and that's kind of weird. And the paranormal community, I'm a ghost hunter. Really? Have you actually gone on a ghost house? Absolutely. Yeah. And I grew up in a haunted house. so I'm I a, love what that they call stuff. a paranormal survivor from growing up in a haunted house. Um, Why is that
0: a survivor?
1: Cause, cause it's, it can
0: be awful was it was your ghost a bad one awful what what was the your house ghost? i grew up
1: in yeah oh, yeah you'd be walking through the kitchen and a cabinet would open and a, a can of peas would just fly out and you'd try to not get hit in the head really yeah it was a really awful house well you just give
0: me a chill like, like yeah. did you get hit by cans on the regular
1: uh yeah my mom um got hit by the 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 door to the dishwasher flew up from the down position Flew upwards and knocked her kneecap off. She <gasps> had to have a surgery.
0: Oh my god! And then what she, was the goat? Like what was the story behind the house?
1: I, we don't know. We don't know. There was just some it's nasty stuff nasty in that thing house.
0: Thing. She there. came
1: home from her knee surgery and she was sitting in her cha- in her, in her in kind of her Barker loungery chair with her foot up on the footstool, um, and her crutch that she was using to walk around flew across the room and slammed right into her incision, opened it up. She had to have it fixed. I mean, it was, wow, cra- Shina, you know, that's constant insane. scratching that's like and a scratching behind the walls. Yeah, it, was, it was ugly. And we thought we were oh. the only people that had ever dealt with that. Oh. And then I sort of just accidentally, when I started my show at LA Talk Radio, looking for cool guests, invited some people on from some of the paranormal reality shows and realized that there's like a whole world full of people that have survived stuff like this. It kind of was my therapy. Wow. <clears throat> this is my voice. You can tell somebody was on the roof of the W last night. <laughs>
0: party with the paranormal being miss
1: cleo i'll tell your fortune man
0: Uh, that's amazing i'm fascinated by stuff like that
1: um what other weird communities am i a part of i'm a donor baby my my father was a donor not my dad the person that raised me was not my real father and my what does that mean a donor baby like my mom bought some sperm oh but like you know we're talking about like i did not know that
0: so the man that you claim as your father was
1: not your yeah. Was not, the, was not my biological. My father couldn't have kids. But you weren't kids. real close with him anyway. Like he wasn't... We weren't close, no. Oh. Not because of that. I don't care about that. No, not because... He just didn't really want kids. My so, dad couldn't have kids and he didn't want kids. So he never told my mom he couldn't have kids till after they got married. And then she was like, well, I'm going to go buy some sperm. But but he he couldn't
0: have. He, he was, he was no. infertile.
1: No, he had had uh, scarlet fever as a kid and it scarred up like all his... His vas deferens. so he no, he could not. But
0: he could have. <clears throat> if it, it, would they have been able to have? It, it destroyed his semen, or it just destroyed the ability to deliver the semen.
1: Yeah, the ability to deliver. There, he had semen, but there was no sperm in it. Oh. Yeah. So
0: she went and got some sperm, and then here you are. So she went. That's she, a really early in the whole. She tried to adopt.
1: Of, yeah, it was like 1965 when she was first she trying. She is a turkey baster. Like, how did? she. No, the doctor did it. She she went to her doctor and they, she tried to adopt, and she had trouble adopting. That's like she, really early on in yeah, artificial no, insemination. I think only two hospitals. I think just UCLA and Yale were and, and Yale were doing it. We lived near Yale. And, um, she had tried to adopt and had trouble because she herself was adopted and she read in a medical journal. about. Well, you can't adopt if
0: you've been adopted.
1: They, 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 she had a hard time at the time. I don't know about what the rules are now, but I know she tried and they said that they thought she would project her own feelings of being an orphan onto the orphan. What? So she, um, uh, she was, she read in this medical journal and she was sitting in her doctor's office. And she said, gave him the article and her OBGYN and said, what do you think about this? And he wrote my doctor's name down on the piece of paper and said, go see him, go out the back door, don't pay for your appointment, you were never here. Really? That's kind of how she used to say it was like, Joe sent me through the... She said it was like I walked up to the doctor and like a slat opened in the door and I was like, Joe sent me. Yeah, so she went and saw my doctor and he... Um, he did it. It took a while because then my dad got a, had a heart attack, and at the time they wouldn't allow it unless the husband signed for it. Oh, so you couldn't
0: be just a single woman no, wanting
1: some sperm? Absolutely not. Well,
0: that it we, had to be. We, kind of goes back full circle to the whole swallow thing at the top. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Cuz now if, a single woman may not swallow <laughs> well, without just, her husband's permission. Just
0: waking up in the morning and thinking about that sperm.
1: Yeah. You're exactly. Like, your
0: mom was like, "I got to go find me some." Exactly. So you have Put no it in idea the Ziploc bag. Right.
1: No, I don't, but I do know that, that, that my, oh, the OBGYN told my mom that they that the rule was they had to match the birth father exactly. And that he had picked out a young doctor who looked just like my father, and that was my father. Wait, However, so your father was a doctor.
0: Yes. So you know that much information I about. Do know that? Kind of, so hundred-
1: supposedly he matched up somebody who looked just like my birth, my, my my legal father, right? But um, and that was the story. But then when I got to be one, two years old, my mother noticed that it was odd from a geneticist's point of view because my mother had reddish brown hair and hazel eyes. And my father had blonde hair and blue eyes. And I'm dark and dark, right. both of which are recessive, which means probably the blonde blue eyed chap was not Wait, my father. Aren't, I thought brown eyes were dominant. No, I think brown eyes are recessive. Blue eyes are dominant, aren't they? Mm, I believe brown eyes are. But it doesn't matter. I don't know. So, All I know is that you don't see a lot of people with my complexion. I think complexion. if both
0: parents have blue eyes, though, it would be dominant. Like what you said, your mom and your my dad mom had hazel eyes. Hazel. So, yeah, so
1: and it, he had blue eyes and right. I have brown eyes and neither one of them had brown hair like mine. So I came out much darker than either one of them. So, yeah. So it makes you wonder, right? Oh,
0: yeah, how, how thorough yeah. they were with the, yeah. Yeah. matching the sperm. to. And the- my
1: mother's very Irish. And my father was, um, was Scotch-Irish-German. And um, it's really odd, but a lot of people that are Jewish ask me if I'm Jewish. So that makes you think, doesn't it, when you don't know who your daddy is. Yeah. Because my mom looked like a friggin' leprechaun. I mean, there was there was nothing not Irish about that. I mean, the stereotypical you look like a Jew, you could pass. Yeah, yeah. I've even had people say like, "Why don't you pass?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of oogie for what? Like, pretend I'm something I'm not for, for what?" Well, I mean, not that.
0: Well, and do you ever see the curb your enthusiasm where the guy, the I think it's like a lawyer or something, He's pretending he's Jewish or? Oh, I've seen it. But Don't
1: you think it's creepy? Yeah, well, to I mean, try to try get to be... ahead in the entertainment business. Yeah. <laughs> I think mean, it's totally creepy.
0: But I had a guy say, "You might, new... you're, you're, who knows who your father? I mean, is there any way to ever find that out? No, they, they, they like seal
1: not. those records and yeah. I but don't you have
0: no think... interest in finding out.
1: No, I'm just thankful for all the good stuff I got. Right. You know, and my mom, my mom's thankful. Well, I mean, the only reason to find out is for genetic. And yeah. I'm thankful because my dad was a super unhappy guy. And I think sometimes that's genetic, and I'm glad I didn't get that. So, whoever he was, he was awesome because. Because um, you're awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> Do you get the intuitive stuff? Does your mom have that? Yeah. Or, so My mom had it from birth. So, I got it from a near death experience from a car accident that I was in. Oh, that's another weird fringe community, the near death experience people. Yeah. So. How um, close
0: did you get to. Did you see the light,
1: or was it.? I. Now it goes here. And now it's my Indeed. This is a very informative show, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Well, you're very interesting. I was in the car and this truck drove me off the freeway and I swerved to miss him. Like he was in the fast lane, I was in the slow lane. He realized he missed the exit, so he was cutting perpendicular across traffic. Wow. I swerved to miss him and I hit the sound wall on the 405. (gasps) And in reality, I hit the wall, the car bounced off the wall, and it was spinning in a circle. In my consciousness, I went through the wall. I was knocked out, so I saw, I went through the wall, and I was driving through this place that was all white. And I looked over, and there was this guy sitting in the passenger seat. You blacked scene. out. Like you were... it, it, medically, I was unconscious. You were in shock, probably, too. Like, so you were just, but the impact knocked medically, you out. Medically, I was out, yes. But in my consciousness, I drove through the wall. okay. And I was driving through all this white and I looked over and there was this guy sitting next to me with like long hair and a beard. He had kind of like yoga pants and a yoga <laughs> shirt. And I thought, and the first thing I thought was, is that Jesus? I don't <laughs> even really know that. Like, I'm not even like why a is Christian. He, like, why is, Jesus in, why the is Jesus in my car? But I was still in my car. And the first thing I remember thinking was that there was no pain. And that people don't even realize how much pain they're in every day, physical and emotional pain, until you feel what it's like to have that pain completely taken away. And then I heard a voice say, and I don't know if it was him or not. No, I asked him, what are you doing in my car? And he said, I'm just here to make sure you get across okay. And then I heard a voice say, not sure if it was him, say, It's up to you. You can stay or you can go. And I didn't even think. I said, no, 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 I have to go back. There's so much I want to do. I mean, I was two weeks shy of 24. I just had just closed escrow on my house two days before. And I said, no, 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 I have to go back. And then instantly it was like blink an eye and I was sucked back into the car and the car was spinning in a circle blocking the exit. That's that's the story. But I came back different. I mean, I came back caring more about, less about me and kind of tunnel vision and more about the whole world and how I could help people and how, how I could, how I could put more into helping other people.
0: What also means like, um, I had a bad car accident around the same age. And when that happens, you realize, cause up until then you're like, I can go through life. Just, you know, life is, you, you feel invincible on some level. Yeah. And when you get not, not that I was that kid that was like, I don't know. I'm like, nothing's ever going to happen, but, but you don't recognize yeah. how quickly everything can change on you and so in that moment you're just like all you're focused on is like I want to live absolutely and so I, I mean I've been there I flipped a car on the freeway
1: oh I'm so sorry so, I mean and did but, they have to get you out with the jaws of life no oh the no, jaws no, no. of life freaks me out
0: I actually it's <laughs> it's kind of a funny story I, I, I'd written a comedy song one of the first songs I ever wrote and a tire was on the freeway in front of me and I hit it and it it lifted my car up into the air and it came back down on all four tires and then flipped the other way. And um,
1: So you were upside on the roof?
0: Upside down the roof on, oh, on the man. freeway. And the car stopped just a few feet from a light post. So had a the impact been just a little bit greater, I would have had an additional impact. But it was enough to total the car. Wow! And it gave me a lot of pain in my back and neck. Sure, yeah, I've got but that the too. the only physical thing that was wrong was a scratch on the back of my leg. Um, but the funny thing is, is that moment changed the course of my life because I had just kind of like in my head written this comedy song and I found the lyrics like I would kind of judged them down this had nothing to do with the accident I just kind of like put them on this like note piece of paper or whatever the idea and it, the piece of paper flew out the window and it was sitting on the street where the wreck was and I picked them up put them in my pocket and it was my first comedy song I ever wrote. Wow. I, I, I said to myself, this must have some significance. So well, I, I sat down. It was changed a, your life. It was a song called Daddy's Hands. It was based on the Judds. I think it was a Judd song called Daddy's Hands or an old country western song. And uh, it's just Daddy's Hands. They were rough in the rap places. Like, you know, it's like a dirty version. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a dirty daddy song. It's a
1: dirty, yeah, yeah, southern song. So did you song. have the, your seatbelt on? Were you like, I did. Had I not seatbelt? had my
0: seatbelt on, I probably might not. Why well, wouldn't? be the same person yeah um but it changed it, it th- those huge moments in life changed everything because from that point on i'm like wow what, what do you have to lose right with you know you can take big risks and and know that things hopefully
1: will work out because you yeah. you're not dead yeah and it does make you come back very thankful and, and every day becomes a gift yeah and I thought you were getting frisky with me, but I think it's Charlie. Uh, Charlie. Mike. K. We thought that was I'm me. Like,
0: Whose nose
1: is oh, in my crotch? Here's Charlie. That's Charlie Mike. Yeah.
0: She's a, uh, she's a lover. <laughs> she's making sure you're okay. Yeah. She's,
1: there she is. There's her giant nose.
0: Well, so she, I guess like the math that gets so nice. Cause a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're
1: in their car, right? Yeah. So I if you're that. in your car right now, yeah. you're driving. Don't hit the tire. Don't, don't get in an accident. And watch out for Jesus in the past. <laughs> yeah. Scene. Don't, if Jesus... I don't think it was Jesus. I don't know who it was. I, I had a psychic tell me once that it was, um, it was the angel Azrael. Um, who's in charge of no that's not right yeah who's in charge of healing or it was another angel that's in charge of like sort of the ferryman that gets you from one place to another i i don't know who knows it was a dude with a beard i
0: don't know you i know? i mean i i wonder if like,
1: maybe it was jesus maybe jesus visits everybody whether or not you grew up like super christian or not and gets you across the i mean who knows i don't know
0: maybe it's just always some dude in yoga pants Just a dude in yoga pants.
1: (laughs) Maybe when you die, you become a dude in yoga pants and you just sit in someone's car. He was very cool. Yeah. He was very casual about just sitting in my car. Just like, I'm here for you. I just think it's funny. It's so me, right? Especially at the time, pre-accident me, that I I like go through the wall into the white light and a Jesus-y figure is sitting in my car and I'm not like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, what are you doing in my car? Well, I mean, your brain, you know,
0: they they did a study where they put people in these machines that that would spin them really fast sure. and then it would it, it, like make them their brains think that they're dying. And so they, they see the white light and they, so, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. who knows? I don't know. I don't want to take away from your man in the yoga pants, but if that's what you see and that got you through it and it kept you alive, then that's what yeah. you needed to have happen.
1: I, who I, I will tell you that my mom died this year and she was such a spiritual person and a spiritualist and a wonderful psychic medium. I expected it was going to be like, you know, okay, honey, here comes the light. And I, you know, I see the light and I see Aunt Jackie. Uh, no, it was just a person struggling for breath dying. And it was kind of awful. It is awful. So to watch somebody- I hope, I did feel her soul leave her body. I mean, it was like whoosh. So I hope that she, and, and then and I did again feel her after she had died. And she felt very happy and full and wonderful. Aww. But the actual process of it was not like... It's going to be okay. I see Jesus. I mean, Well, it, it dying just, isn't pretty. No, it's ugly. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so, so I, I think that, um, you know, people sometimes romanticize the idea of...
0: So your two greatest moments in life are the two you'll never remember, the day you were born and the day you die. Yeah,
1: or maybe you remember everything after you're dead. I don't, I don't maybe know. Maybe you remember all of it. I don't know.
0: Or you can go see Sheena and she'll help you. Come and see me. We'll talk <laughs> about your spirits. death.
1: spirits. Because I love that. Sheena, how can people find you? Uh, I am at SheenaMetal.com. My daily show at LA Talk Radio is called The Sheena Metal Experience. And it's at uh, SheenaMetalExperience.com. And my spiritual woo-woo show is called Haunted Playground. And it's at HauntedPlayground.com. And uh, and I have a new movement. I started of peace and love and unity. Um, uh, I started the day after the election to kind of oh. help heal the country cause God, we need it called. I am raising the vibration of the nation and the world. And we're at, I am raising the and on social media, I'm just at Sheena metal everywhere. That's awesome. Sheena, like Sheena of the jungle. S
0: H E E N A S H E
1: E N A and, M-E-T-A. and metal like, you know, horns up. So that's You're-
0: me. Thanks for having me you're awesome I'll have you back we'll oh, do this again let's we, do it again we, it's just like we're hanging out anyways I'm loving it yeah maybe yeah. The
1: next time we'll talk about you know um, uh, how, how fucked up we feel since the election
0: oh my god you know what as soon as you can't open another topic now because like, as soon as you start so talking, we're, we're going to start show. talking again. I know.
1: I know. I know. But we'll, we'll, we'll put that on hold and I'll do that as soon as you want. I'll come back and do that. All
0: right. Well, right. Yeah. Let's we'll do, do another show
1: about how fucked up we are. That's okay. right. I'm such an optimist. <laughs>
0: uh, but you are an optimist. Everything you just said was really optimistic. And I really beautiful. am an optimist. Yeah. What's,
1: what's the alternative? We're, we are who we are and we are where we are. We can either feel good about it and be optimistic or we can spend the rest of our lives beating ourselves up and that's not mm. worth it. And
0: then it's over and, and you're
1: my friend and I love you and you have beautiful children and they're healthy. What's not the f- and you have Charlie Mike and she just gave me dog cunnilingus. What is, what is not to love about today? Well, Yeah, today's a great day. Whenever you can get a little dog action, my funky parts. Yeah, it's a good
0: day. It's a good day, my friend. Thank you for having me. You're awesome. You're awesome, Sheena. Thank you so much, and you guys are awesome for listening. Please um, come back and listen again next week. Tell ten people it's the Perfect Ten podcast. I'm Lana Turner, L-A-H-N-A-T-U-R-N-E-R. You can find me online, and I will be back again
1: next week. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Perfect Ten. Tune in next week when we'll do it again. Hit up Facebook and Twitter and tell all of your friends and... Well, you get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at Perfect perfecttenpod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers. Thank you